Welcome, welcome, welcome. We promised everybody we were going to get started right at 10.30. It is 10.31, I'm guessing. Uh, welcome again, and over to our wonderful musician, Nathan Aswell. I say yes, the thing itself, yes, to the way it works, yes, yes, to what it does, yes, 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 to how to use it, God, Spirit. That's the thing itself, a cause of all creation, origin of everything. It's what makes me sing, a powerful foundation. Whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm going, it's the voice that whispers in my ear. I say yes, yes, to the thing itself, yes, to the way it works, yes. What it does, yes, 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 to how to use it through me. That's the way it works, a principle in action. Limitless is what I am, yes, I know I can live in satisfaction. Heating the car, having it all, on peace of mind is my high, and I say yes to the thing itself, yes. The way it works, yes, to what it does, yes, 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 to how to use it. The channel is wide open, the circuitry divine, I'm focused on the positive and that's fine. I demonstrate abundance and manifest the proof, immersed in love and wisdom, surrounded by the truth. It gets better. But I say yes to the thing itself, yes to the way it works, yes to what it does, yes, 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 yes to how to use it. The channel is wide open, the circuitry divine. I'm focused on the positive and that's fine. I demonstrate abundance, manifest the proof, immersed in love and wisdom, surrounded by the truth. I've been outed, and I say yes, to the thing itself, yes, to the way it works, yes, to what it does, yes, 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 to how to use it. I say yes, yes, to the thing itself, yes, yes, to the way it works, yes, yes, to what it does, yes, 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 yes. To how to use it, I say yes. To the thing itself, yes. To the way it works, yes. To what it does, yes, 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 yes. To how to use it. Thank you. Well, I bet nobody thought they were going to get a glute and core workout this morning <laughs> when you came. It's great, I don't have to go to the gym now. And all I can say is, for a singer, it is so hard to hit those high notes at the best of times. First thing in the morning, so way to go, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Everything is holy now. I think you must have gone and read 
the talk I wrote that was in my head already? <laughs> well, that's, that's what I usually do. That's what you usually yeah, do. Just, I know. I don't know yeah. how you get in there. Vulcan soul milk. Soul, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have too many, too many things going on here this morning. Holy now. Everything is holy now. <clears throat> that's really ties so well into the topic today of celebrating life as source. So today's topic is about surrendering to life and surrendering into what is next this year. So whether we surrender to our falsehoods <clears throat> or our fears, our doubts, and then when we do that, we free ourselves to live out loud. That is the whole theme for the year this year for CSL globally <coughs> is to live out loud. And that's going to mean a little bit of something different for every everybody. And I found it, I don't know if I've told this story. I'm repeating myself, maybe, maybe not. But last year, every year I do a project um, with a friend of mine and we do, we create a key for the year. And so last year, my key, so it's basically my intention on how I want to live the year was to live out loud. And uh, that happened. <laughs> that really happened in spades. And this year, I just did the program, and uh, my key, I think I've already told you this, is rooted in faith. And faith to me is that I am focused, I'm abundant, I'm inspired, I know truth, and I trust, and I am health. So that is health in relationships, in my body, health all around me and health in a community. So I'm excited to share to this whole upcoming year that we're going to have together about living out loud. Because I already did it. So I, I kind of know, right? I'm fixed. Whoops. <laughs> so and it's also, though, a realizing every day becomes a day to celebrate the simplicity and the beauty of what is around us. I love that piece of the song. He went outside and he saw that little red bird that was like the burning bush that ignited, that it, what ignites within us, that flame that is right here, that divine source. And it is moving past the messiness of life, that human experience. I don't know if about any of you, but I've had that messiness will <laughs> show up all sorts of ways. But we know that life is an internal experience, not an external experience. And sometimes I was, I've been really enjoying, um, I've got two books here today that I'm going to reference. I'll just up front, I'm referencing from First the Ecstasy, or After the Ecstasy, The Laundry by uh, Jack Kornfield, which is an amazing book. He's a Zen Buddhist monk. And Living the Science of Mind, Living the Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. So I had started thinking about this, that it is an internal, an internal process, our life. And yet we can look externally in so many ways for fixing ourselves or for that we never have to fix ourselves because we're all whole perfect and complete but yet there's that voice inside of us that goes oh maybe you should do this oh maybe you should do that or you're not doing this enough you're not doing that enough and yet it's learning to calm that 
through meditation, through spiritual practice. And it's not comparing ourselves or looking for that, you know, that and expecting to be looking for that next thing or to be expecting to be enlightened. And I love what Jack Cornfield says. He said he complained to his master um, at, the, at the monastery and said, you know, you don't always act like you're enlightened. And the Zen master said that it was because if he was always like that, that he would then, we would always look for that outside that piece of being outside of us, that we would think that, oh, look, he's enlightened, so that's how that looks, rather than looking inside to where that divine source lives and where it is. So if you have that guru, they always say, make sure that he is three valleys over so that you have to walk that walk to get to them. I thought that was really interesting and, and how that works for us. So the other thing I was thinking about too is with what Ernest Holmes says about that as well, is that it's an internal piece. He said, every man's search is something that will make him whole, or every person, let's, let's make this gender neutral. Every person's search is for something that will make them whole and happy, something that will cause them to feel safe and secure. And we believe that something will make them certain that they are going to live forever somewhere. So every man's search, it's that peace that we're always looking for. <clears throat> that peace of, I, I don't know what drew everybody here to spiritual community, but I know what drew me. I had taken all the self-development courses, I had done all the stuff, but yet there was still that peace that piece that was going, I think there's more. I think there's something else. And what does that else look like? What is that else? And then I found my home here at CSL White Rock and I've been discovering the else ever since. But it's important to know that as we're going through this today, that it's, it's allowing ourselves to be who we are to experience and, and look at what is it that's drawing us here to community. What is that peace that we want to experience in our life? How do we want to live out loud this year? And we are here and we get to do practice with each other. So as in spiritual mind treatment, we remove the obstacles in our way to, of our own divine source. So we try and move the typical obstacles that we wrestle with are doubts, fears, perceived lack of love and uncertainties. All these things take us away from the truth of our being and literally keep us up at night. And when I read that, I was thinking about a friend of mine. So there's been, so here we are in the spiritual, having, we're spirit having this human experience and there's lots of things going on in the world right now. There is, I, what is it? I think somebody told me that just the other day there's been 38 mass shootings in the U.S. in January alone. That's more than one a day. And that, I mean, so how easy is it to go into fear with that happening? 
and the I was just down in um, if people don't know I was down in Mexico for three weeks and I was in Mazatlan right when the cartel war broke out there so the news here depicted the burning buses and things and yes that did happen and yet I didn't experience it and I really had to tune into my spiritual faith and trust while I was there because it would have been easy just to go oh my goodness I got to get home I got to do this I got to that frenetic energy right of trying to fix what was going on because I was afraid but yet I knew that I would be safe I knew that I was guided I knew that it was going to be okay and if it wasn't that's a whole other story right that's what happens I don't know if I'm going to walk out on the day and maybe be hit by a bus or I'm going to get the diagnosis of a c-word I just don't know so it's how I respond to my living each day so I decided to go to the beach that day <laughs> and I decided to sit outside and enjoy what I could because sitting inside my house wasn't gonna help wasn't gonna it was just gonna keep building that fear for me and it made me think if I had a friend she uh, she was my manager when I was working for Coast Capital and she moved from Texas to Canada and she was hired on and she was telling I went for her and I went for dinner one night and she was saying you know at home she always had between 30 and 50 guns I know right this is Texas and I mean she would carry it in a diaper bag she would carry one in her console she would carry one in her glove compartment like and I mean I'm looking at her like oh uh, maybe I have to go home now <laughs> oh yeah you're my boss okay we'll we'll work through this and but she found she couldn't have obviously brought any of them here to Canada because that's just not how we operate here and yet when she first got here she was telling me the story of her husband had to go back to Texas and her and her two children hid under her bed for the three nights that they were he was gone because she didn't have her guns she didn't have bars on her windows but she was living in that fear because that was her experience. That was her context of how she was living. And I was like, so thankful that we live in Canada. So thankful that that wasn't my experience, that I didn't have those fears and those, those everyday pieces of being. So why I tell you that story not to that poor woman she's definitely grown and changed and done different things but I, would, I, I talk about that because it's about becoming over our obstacles if we want to live our best life how do we overcome those obstacles that are there now Ernest Holmes talks about overcoming hate which I think is a really strong word but he, whoops he uses it sorry that was me <laughs> and because when we overcome hate, we turn into fear. So when we, and he talks about Jesus, uh, a teaching of Jesus in regards to losing our life, but not losing our lives or making a great, but he sees our losing our life as making that great surrender to the spirit. 
doesn't, he doesn't mean that losing anything worthwhile, but getting rid of those things which deny the presence and the power of the Spirit right here on earth. It is the negations of life that we have to surrender to, the doubts and the fears and the uncertainties and the coldness and the unkindness and the lack of love. Because God is love and we cannot get close to the nature of love while we hate. It is the hate we have to surrender and not the love. So everything that denies faith and love and life and truth and beauty, Jesus called it a sin, a mistake, a missing of the mark. And as human beings, I don't know about you, I can only speak for myself, but I do find it hard to surrender. Surrender those things because you know what? I got it, I can do this. We learned in our boundary classes about over-functioning and under-functioning. Well, you can probably guess which one I am. <laughs> I can tend to be an over-functioner sometimes. So I've, I've got this, but it's when I step back and step into my spiritual practice and allow myself to surrender and allow myself to be, that's when the real answers come through. That's when I can step out of that fear. I can step out of that doubt and know that, yeah, I do have this. And it's not because of what I'm doing. It's because I'm allowing. I'm stepping into it and being where I need to be. And we all have that longing for wholeness. He says to, we all hunger and thirst after love because we feel incomplete without it. Love is kind and we must lay down all the unkindness before we can discover love. Wouldn't that be wonderful? To lay down all the unkindness to discover that love and especially with things that are going on in the world right now, to ask people to lay down their unkindness and to step into that place of love and upliftment and celebration, those things that bring us alive, that bring us joy. I think those are the things that, that are important because in two, this Ernest Holmes, the chapter I'm reading from, it's on page 425 of Living um, the Science of Mind and it's called The Great Surrender. And he says, when we resist, we make that thing real in our imagination, which we are sincerely trying to get rid of. We become a house divided against itself. We become a house divided against itself. We have that, those two pieces. I had a friend call me last night and she asked me the craziest question. She said, so is there three within us? Is there the doer? the chatterer, the monkey mind, and the observer? And which one is it that's actually doing the doing? <laughs> Who is it that is actually doing the doing? And I, had, I really had to think about that. And I said, well, we do the doing from the monkey chatter because it's telling us, oh, you should do this, you should do that, or be here, be there. Or 
is it that watchful observer? And what the image that came to mind for me, and this is kind of funny, but it was like on the one shoulder, that little white angel, right? Who <laughs> that's my little observer, my watcher. And then over here is the little red guy <laughs> with the little horns and things, my my dragon, who's, you know, going on about life. But then there's the doer, and that is here. That is, I'm always here. I'm always in my own body. I'm always uh, authentic. I was listening. Georgia put me onto podcast. Oh my gosh! I, I know I've heard about them. I thought, oh yeah, everybody listens to them, but um, I listened to. Um, it was called The Moth, and it was about uh, driving, which was good. Which led me into another podcast by Glennon Doyle, and it was interesting. She was talking about. Um, I forget the book she wrote, but she's it's. I don't know if anybody knows Glennon Doyle, what she wrote. No? Okay. Anyways, she's she's an author, and I, I know I've read her book, but it's it's in the periphery right now. And she was talking about when she would get up to speak, she would actually be outside of her body and watching herself kind of perform. And then she said the first time, because she was um, dealing with anorexia and bulimia, that she was in the middle of her, she did this podcast while she was in the middle of her recovery of what she was calling it. And she said, oh, I was working on being in my body. So I stepped out in front of 1500 people and I was actually in my body. And she said, oh my gosh. <laughs> she said, I almost fell to my knees. It was so scary being in that space of authentic self rather than being outside and watching what was going on. I found that really fascinating. I don't know if I do that or not yet. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> but what I want to get down to is, oh my gosh, I still have so many things I want to say. <clears throat> so it's, it's when we can, with that longing for wholeness and knowing that love is the answer and to, to be, you know, and Jesus says about the meek will inherit the earth. It's about the meek is to be humble before truth. Humble about the truth. And I love this saying. I saw it on Facebook just as I was coming through. As with spirit, um, sorry, between what is said and not meant and what is meant and not said, I most, most of love is lost. It took me two times to read that to understand what he was saying. What is said and not meant, so those things that we sometimes say that people don't understand, and what is meant, the love maybe that we're trying to transpose, but it's never said, that is where most of the love is lost. And that's by uh, Cahil Gibran. But what I wanted to share kind of at the end here, so we've talked about knowing life is that internal process and that how we think changes how we live and then life is that mirror and we, we can hold up and see how the outpicturing of our consciousness. Surrender, when we resist, we make the thing in our lives re more real and we're trying to, when we're trying to get rid of it. So it's like that, that friend of mine, the fear, it just got so big in her mind that she had to hide under the bed. And then the third thing is about spiritual community and practice and longing for that wholeness. 
And I, you know, I say walking into the forest together. And, and why I say walking into the story, forest together is because I want to tell you a story. And it's surely, and as surely as there is a voyage away, there is a voyage home. Surely as there is a voyage away, there's a voyage home. But the honesty, because what we're here doing is this spiritual quest, this spiritual, um, and it requires us to address uh, ourselves. And what the best way to think about this is the old Russian initiation tale of starting our spiritual quest of Baba Yaga. So Baba Yaga is an old woman in the wild hag-like visage who stirs her pot and she knows everything. And she lives deep in the forest. Sorry, I, my, when I tell stories to my children, that voice comes out, I'll try. <laughs> but she's, she lives deep in the forest and when we seek her out, we're frightened for she requires us to go into the dark and ask those dangerous questions, to step outside of the world of logic and comfort. So there's the first young seeker who comes to see her, and the seeker comes quaking up to the door of her hut, and Baba Yaga demands, are you on your own errand? Or are you sent by another? And the young man, encouraged in his quest, said, I am sent by my family. I am sent by my father. So Baba Yaga promptly throws him into the pot and cooks him. <laughs> so the next attempt on this quest is a young woman. So she sees the smoldering fire and hears the cackle of Baba Yaga. And Baba Yaga again demands, are you on your own errand? Or are you sent by another? And this young woman has been pulled into the woods alone to seek what she can find there. She says, I am of my own errand. She replies, what do you think Baba Yaga does? She does, she throws her back in the pot and cooks her too. Then later there's the third visitor, again, a young woman, no offense to the men in the room, but deeply confused by the world. She comes to Baba Yaga's house far in the forest and she sees the smoke and knows it's dangerous. Baba Yaga confronts her, are you here of your own errand? Or are you sent by another? And the young woman answers very honestly. She says, well, in large part, I'm on my own errand. But in, and, but in large part also, I also come because of others. And she said, the other part is I have come because you are here and because of the forest and something I have forgotten. And in large part, I know not why I come. And Baba Yaga regards her for a moment and says, you'll do, and shows her into the hut. And that's that thing, that's that pull, that longing for wholeness, that longing to be, come back to ourselves, to fall back in love with ourselves and remember the truth of who we really are. Because we are all here on this divine, as this human experience as spirit. We're expressing the divine at all times. So I would say at the end of this, let's, this, as we lean into the idea of surrender and calling back, let, as everything is we can live our life, let's walk this path together. Because 
it's so much easier when we have somebody holding us up and supporting us and knowing that as a spiritual community, that is what we're here to do. We're here to uplift each other. We're here to support each other. And that is what our practitioners do. They support you. They are here to do prayer at any time, an e quick email even, and you will get a lovely response from any one of them. And myself included sometimes too, but Jill's pretty good at it. <laughs> but it's just that piece of knowing that there's a place to turn, to grapple with these questions, to grapple with what's going on in our lives and to celebrate our life because that's what we're here for that joy that happiness that's what we want to experience so let's do that together as well let's have some fun this year let's step out and figure ways that we can be in community that support our spiritual growth and yet allows us to enjoy each other and know that this is the place that we want to call home our spiritual home. And so that is the end of that. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. It's so, it's so beautiful. And, and just in closing and prayer, but I like to read the Persian uh, poet Rumi because as I said earlier, we're that house divided. But this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So knowing this truth of who we are and knowing that each one of us are here walking each other home. As CSL White Rock is our vision is a vibrant, loving world that works for all. So I see that for each of you. I see it for everyone listening. I see it for the world and knowing that we are all one with that one. So today I claim this vibrancy. I claim this joy. I claim this celebration of life as source. I'm so grateful for this time together, for this joy, for this being of in a like-minded community that we're supporting each other through. So I release these words to the law of mind, knowing right action is already happening. And I ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping, and I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, we used to sing a song at church called Love is Like a Penny, You Can Give It Away, and you end up getting more. And that's, and, and that's something that I've learned, too, over the years about intentional giving. And, of course, you know, it, it is part of being a member of this community is that it takes a little bit of money to keep this center going. So um, we would 
love to encourage everybody to participate. We do have a basket at the back. You can, you can become an intentional giver. All of the information is on our website, of course. And, um, but let's affirm with our prosperity affirmation. If you know it, join along. If not, I'll just read it for you. I'm grateful for my life. I am grateful that all I need flows to me effortlessly through channels expected and unexpected. I am an instrument of this prosperous life. So if you do choose to give and support, like I said, all the information is to popped it into the chat on Zoom. And of course, it's on our website. And thank you for that. We really do appreciate it.